Hi, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth McGuire. And, and this, this is, is Talking, Talking Lion. Lion. Talking Lion is an artist-to-artist interview podcast where we talk to our friends about life, music, and everything in between. Most of the time, we're artists ourselves, a duo called Sleeping Lion. But we started this podcast to dive deeper into what it means to be an artist and creative. If you're a fan of us, our podcast, or our community, feel free to join our Discord at sleepinglionmusic.com slash discord. Now on with the show. We recorded this episode with our old friend, Slim Dan. We both went to college with Dan, and we ran in similar circles, so we would wind up running into each other a lot, both in Boston and Los Angeles. We recorded this episode following the release of his EP, To Anyone Who Cares, but before he went on tour with Sasha Alex Sloan and Amos Lee. An essential collaborator and gold record songwriter, Slim Dan has stepped into his artistry with humor and sincerity. We hope you enjoy this episode. So, without further ado, I'm Slim Dan, and this is Talking Lion. Well, hey. Hello. Shalom. <laughs> oh, we have a shalom up in here. Shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom. Uh, it's good to see you. Likewise, boys. <laughs> we uh, we just enjoyed a sunset together. It's a beautiful sunset. I feel like we don't often get to enjoy sunsets with <laughs> with friends. So certainly, a, certainly not with podcast guests. No, this is one of the later ones we've done. Am I the first? I think you're probably one of the first like seven o'clock yeah. ones. Yeah. yeah, that's on me, guys. No, that's honestly uh, great. Honestly, I'm I'm liking the late night podcast. I like it today. Better. It's kind of I don't know if people can't see this, but it's a nice dark romantic vibe going on. Here. Yeah, it does feel like there's a day. corner light. <laughs> the the you, there's, yeah. a, there's a porn casting couch that both of them are sitting on. <laughs> <laughs> we have cameras set up here. There's no video in Talking Lion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, honestly. It kind of rocked because like this was our thing of the day, but it wasn't until later. So we like played Halo. Oh, amazing! You yeah. know that was our day. Xbox 360 or like what? What? what I, the wish. Kids do I wish. I wish. Yeah, yeah. There is an Xbox 360 lying around somewhere. But I have it. It's no, are like the kids still playing Halo? Is that still like you like order pizza with your friends on a Saturday night and uh, play in the basement, or is that not? A thing without anymore? getting into it too much, it is. It is a, a bit of a shell of the game it used to be. The kids gotcha. these days are still playing Fortnite. But it's such and a pretty Warzone. shell. Yeah. No, yeah. I, it's yeah. fond memories. I fond personally memory. love it. Yeah. It, but that's also the nostalgia. It was in less me. the specifics that we were playing Halo, and more that we had a kind of free time that is not usually allotted to us on our podcast days. Mm-hmm. You know. Because usually we'll podcast midday. And Who's then, coming? Who has time midday? That's a thing? That's like, a thing. People are coming here. At uh, and listen, not everybody's got a session, <laughs> a session calendar like yours, man. I'll tell you that no, much. Just, yeah. th- that's LA, though. I don't know if like you could do a podcast anywhere else at 1 p.m. That's true. On like a Wednesday. <laughs> on a Wednesday. It's like, yeah, we're out. That's, I always think about that, like especially living in Echo Park, you know, when like sometimes I'll go down or like go to the grocery store. Or, like I'll try to find the optimal time to go to the Silver Lake Trader Joe's. And I'm like, okay, it's like. 2 p.m. on a Tuesday like people with day jobs are not going to be there and you go there and it's packed it's like right everyone's a freelancer everyone everyone has 2 p.m. on a Tuesday free to to go grocery shopping if anything that's the real rush and the weekend it's empty that one in particular is terrifying oh yeah no that's the scariest one (laughs) it's horrible yeah if you uh if you don't know how to park before that uh I'm a bad parker notoriously Uh, got you um uh my my lack of parking skills does not particularly serve me well at the Silver Lake Trader Joe's um, a lot of shouting, I'd imagine. Um, a lot of close calls. <laughs> a lot of close calls. Human and vehicle alike. <laughs> it's designed that way, though. It's like uh, it, it's too much of a pattern of Trader Joe's parking lots being hellscapes that you have to like. 
It has to be intentional. They want to cut the middleman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how they get the prices so right. cheap. You're the middleman. <laughs> I feel you, by the way. I'm thinking of like my hometown life. Yeah, Joe's is terrible. Yeah. I think it's the only time I see my mom cry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've just started going to the one in uh, in uh, Montrose out like near Tahunga. Oh, just, yeah. just just for fun. Well, because it's only like ten minutes further, and it's like forty five percent chiller, <laughs> and it's like more space. So. Yeah, you just blew up that Trader Joe's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Podcast, yeah. careful, yeah, man. <laughs> all, yeah, all five all five people who uh, who listen to the podcast, <laughs> everyone's there. <laughs> <laughs> we really, yeah. This is we're in we're in careful guys. We're careful now. guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Give no info like that. <laughs> It's, it is really funny though. Like I'll be going to get like <laughs> like breakfast at one p.m. or or some shit like that. And I'll, I'll be like, you know what? Who I haven't talked to in a while. Like my buddy back on the East Coast. I'm gonna give him a call. And, and it'll be like, Nate. Like I picked up because I love you and I miss your voice. I'm working. You know I'm working. Like it's <laughs> it's the middle of the fucking day for everybody else. You know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah. Like what day is it? Like I thought it was the weekend. It's like <laughs> Nate. It's Wednesday. <laughs> The lines blur, man. It gets confusing. It's wild. Yeah. Do you have like a kind of boundary on your session stuff? Like, would you say that you don't do that? You don't write on the weekends or. Yeah. Um, I, me and my wife were just talking about this. Um, I'm not like I, I by no like I'm not like I will never work on a weekend, but like, you know, I'm super Jewy. So it's like the sh- whole like element of like Shabbat and yeah. like just the like the men like I'm not really religious at all but like the kind of mental break of like the weekend I kind of grew up with that so I try to kind of leave that open so I can just kind of like chill and spend quality time with my family but yeah I feel that I I like starting early it's that's my new wave right now I want to start at 11 a.m and I want to leave by 3 30. I, I love that's also a very LA thing it's just like early 11 a.m yeah. yeah but that is early for an <laughs> it LA is session. Early for a session that's yeah. early I mean because one o'clock or whatever is one o'clock is crazy <laughs> that needs to stop we need to stop it's <laughs> a o'clock. weird standard yeah. yeah I think that should be over I think 11 a.m start times no later than five everybody's happy in my opinion that's the way I vibe I would say that's fair you know I, what's funny is like I feel like I always hit the same wall at 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. or whatever every day. Right. Like, I always get tired at mm-hmm. that point. And yet I'm, I'm like, you know what? It would really suck if we started, you know, before noon. Because, like, I'd love to sleep until just, you know, noon or whatever. <laughs> right, right. Not that I do that anymore. Not like I can anymore. Yeah, you know, no, I, got a, exactly. I got a puppy that's like mm-hmm. 8 o'clock. Time for breakfast. Uh, Come yeah. on. Let's, I feel you. Yeah. It's interesting, though. You know, I, I'm... I'm still very friendly with my like uh, rabbi from my hometown. Cool. Um, we actually we both are. <laughs> yeah, I love Tom. He's great. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Rabbi Tom. Shout out Rabbi Tom. Um, but I remember like asking him about because we were reform, and I was asking him about like about Shabbat and like what my relationship sh- should be or could be or like whatever with that. Because I told you, I I think I'm like I'm very culturally Jewish and New York Jew at that, but I think how religious or how sort of or how dogmatic I am about it mm-hmm. you, has ebbed and flowed over the years. Feel you. You know, but at one point I was like, you know, should I do this? Like, should I, you know, observe Shabbat? Or something? And he's like, it's like, you don't do Shabbat for Judaism. You do Shabbat for you. I was like, that's some, that's some shit. Like, I could not agree more. Do you guys work on the weekends? Is that like a normal thing for you guys? Uh, we've been trying to do it less, especially since like my partner now has like a proper, like full-time job. Mm-hmm. Like 
she has weekends. And that's their time. And that's to, their like, time. To live and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So if we're, you know, if, if I'm not like free to enjoy that time. Or yeah. If I'm like. You schedule a session or you like budget your work time. So you have like a full Saturday. Yeah. And that's the time you lose out on. on yeah. With, like, well, and, and she's she's a songwriter, too. So if I book a session for the two of us or whatever, like that's that's a, that's a weekend you don't get back. You know, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the general conversation about boundaries, like especially, you know, we talk about it a lot on the podcast about like the TikTok era. And now that there's just like so much expected from artists that like you do have to figure out your time. Like, what do you do with your time? You mm-hmm. know, I think it's easy to kind of like get lost in it yeah. if, you, if you don't watch out for it. That's why I was curious if you did like set your. Yeah. I mean, I think my team knows that like probably not down for like the 11 p.m. to like 5 a.m. like session or whatever. But like if an artist is in town and you got to get it in, then you got to get of it course. in. Of course. It's all good. But yeah, I, I I try to be mindful of like when I'm working and when I'm not working. Well, and I feel like, and I apologize if this like, uh, my word this this weird. It is seven o'clock. So wording is completely yeah, no, out, out the window. You're going crazy right now. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think like you, you have some incredible, we'll talk about it later, but you have some incredible credits under your belt. Like I, there is a level of like sought after. Like, you know, we, we do, we've done okay. We book our sessions and whatever. But like, I imagine when you're at the the level that you are or you have this sort of um, track record that you do, you do have to have a certain level of fil- filtering. Because yeah. I imagine people are like, oh, I heard that record, saw you did it, you know, let's work, you know? How for, do you parse that sometimes? First off, I don't know about at the level I'm at. Like, I think this applies to everybody, but I think filtration, like filtering your sessions is crucial. That was a pivotal moment in my career, I would say, was yeah. when... I basically had this thing where I like was in sessions every single day for like two years straight and I was so miserable and mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't like see what I was going after. I just felt like I was kind of aimless and I felt like I was just saying yes to everything. Mental breakdown in Colorado, took some acid, whatever. But I fired my whole entire team, oh, rehired wow. a whole thing. And then everyone, they were just like, so why are you doing this session? Nobody had ever asked me that question. And I was like, I don't know. And once I kind of that clicked for me of like having a why to why I do things and like an answer, things just my free time started growing. And like, I think just I had a lot more success when I was intentional about what I was like doing. Yeah. Well, I think that there, especially in music, but it goes like in film, it goes all over the place. There is such a scarcity mentality. And I think that like to a degree, you know, and I don't want to speak for you, but like we're all so lucky to be doing what we're doing. Oh, yeah. That to say no to anything, it's like, oh, yeah. I'm saying no to writing a song. I'm saying no to when I, I think what's music, as you're as you're you know? telling that story, I think one of the things that really struck me was like, I don't I can't think of a songwriter that I know who doesn't have a version of that story. Mm-hmm. Any songwriter I know, we you can kind of swap battle scars about like, oh, what was the year that you were in two day two sessions a day for an entire year and then it led to a mental breakdown. Right. Like every, everyone's got a version of that. <laughs> totally. Like, but but the thing that's now striking me, like the thing that is striking me now is like, what's the impetus? Like, why is that? the way we start operating like this, like, well, I guess it's the, like the gambling of it. No, like, but you, I think it's you write also, enough songs. Like you, you're trying to write as many as right. possible to like play as many, as many lottery tickets as you can. But at a certain point you hit a wall and you're like, I can't do this anymore. Well, I think that to a degree it is to get a track record. It is to have the song that gets a couple million streams right. or whatever, so that you can say, Hey, I'm a songwriter who can do this. But I think on the other side of it too, and, and also rent, let's not forget rent. Yeah, for sure. fun. But I think on the other side of it too, is like, from a philosophical standpoint, we got into this because we like writing songs. That's sure. true. And and we kind of like that people like the songs we write. 
Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, you know, you get a, you get a text message and you're like, oh yeah, I'd love to, or DM. It's like, oh, I'd love to write. And let's write, let's write. And all of a sudden you have been booked up for eight months every single day and you're, you're fucking exhausted, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that like, I think that's a good way of honing your craft for sure. I think it's also definitely a great way of like losing your fucking mind in Colorado. Yeah. Big time, baby. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> do you, do you have, I mean, you know, I, I think for us, like, the filtering has has now leaned a little bit more into like what's the budget do you have a plan for this song like a little bit more in like is this abstract or are we like gonna move forward with this if we all do our jobs right but what gets you excited when you see a new artist that you could work with that's a good question um because instead of being like oh how do you filter it's like oh they pay fucking well, well like whatever i can tell you how do I phrase this? I can tell you what it's not. And it's mm. it's not it's not so and so labels very excited about this. Mm. It's not like X amount of followers on TikTok. I know that because I've I've chased that dragon like for I've tried that and it I'm never really satisfied after those sessions for the most part. But I would say it's usually like the little Dropbox link that gets sent to when it's like some so and so is like talking to some people like up and coming and it's like if the music strikes me, I'm I'm more or less in. Obviously, kind of like what you were talking about with like the abstract versus like what are we actually doing? Like, it's a big bonus, and I'm definitely looking for like she's putting together the EP or he's putting together an EP that's going to come out here, and they're gathering songs. So like, I would say music first, and then sort of the game plan second. Yeah, in my ideal world. Well, yeah. and that's I mean that's like you know nowadays almost a little rare considering how many people now are like oh cool like they're blowing up on tiktok let's work together let's do this they're like Mm -hmm. that but i I had a friend on the phone the other day actually say to me and we were laughing about it on the on the balcony but she's like how many hype machine folks are still doing stuff now and i was like oh my god fuck you're right like friends or just people we know new acquaintances like blew up on hype machine they toured with people at the time that were fucking huge names or whatever and now they're like they're not in the game anymore and i'm like fuck right what stays are our is community what stays is is the writing is the the heart that, yeah. that we're all in this for you know and absolutely it's like, yeah it's and exciting. to speak yeah. to your point earlier like why are we putting why are like songwriters early in their career sort of doing these two a days and driving themselves crazy i think love of the game for sure they want to write songs i think trying to get a foot in the door but there's a certain amount of like legwork you have to put in to find your community and the people you enjoy working with which i think is was a big part for me in those early years yeah like the speed dating right the speed dating aspect and like figuring out who my people were and once i figured out who my people were it was a lot easier to then be like well why wouldn't i just work with my friends yeah because then you get to be the go-to right you know and you have your built-in infrastructure where it's saying no to like random sessions becomes a lot easier because it's like i could just be chilling with my homie today (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and and that's the thing too is like if you write you know you spend a time writing a song with a stranger you're like i don't know if they liked it i don't know if it's gonna happen like it's all that whatever if you're writing with your friend it's like you know what this isn't really working today let's like play smash bros you know or something you know, it's it's the stakes are lower, but the outcome is higher in a lot of ways. You know, and like yeah. nine times out of ten, it makes the better song anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, I mean, and uh, we'll we'll talk more about this later. But you know, then you are in these more casual settings. Like I know that you you know would write in hotel rooms, or you'd write like 
you know, in, in less like session formats and more totally just free and how we used to in our dorms or, you know, uh, even in high school or whatever, you know. But speaking of those times, let's time machine back uh, to the to the moment of your birth. <laughs> September 17th, 1995. No way. Skokie, Illinois. <laughs> your birthday September 17th? Yeah. That's my brother's birthday. My man. Dude. We're fist pounding. <laughs> That's crazy. Else. Yeah. Oh my God. I'll... 1995 or what no, year? No, 99. Okay. Yeah. And you probably didn't know because you were on the West Coast, but it was a pretty, on your birthday, there was a pretty gnarly hurricane that hit. No. Oh yeah. Can you imagine just like being, you know, four and a half as I was, or three and a half, and and having a a fear of a fear of lightning and thunder, and also apparently I have a brother now. Right? <laughs> Are you okay? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back to you about that. You know, I think I'm still parsing through that. <laughs> one. Yeah. But uh, you're actually born in Illinois. Born in Illinois. Born yeah, in Illinois. Go. My mommy was uh, in medical school at oh, the time. No shit. And she had me in medical school. So I was like for two years in Chicago and then we moved to the Valley. So I grew up in LA. I'll do it. What is uh, What did or does your dad do? My dad is a psychologist. No shit. Specializes in addiction. Mm. Wow. Any of our boys need rehab or girls or anybody. Hit up. Dr. Adam Silverstein. <laughs> I That's amazing. I got you. That's Family amazing. discount. I got you. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, so so two two doctors, two docs. Yeah, lots of doctors. And you were like, I'm doing music. <laughs> How'd that swing? Better than you would think. Yeah. Better because I think it's like sort of the generation above them that kind of had all those problems with like pursuing anything yeah. outside of like the kind of staples. But um, they were really supportive. I think they just like ident like my dad specifically was sort of able to identify that like. I didn't really want to do anything else and I was going to kind of go down a bad path if like I didn't have focus and <laughs> once he was like oh he likes music he kind of went all in with that supported the shit out of me doing music but, and my mom too they were great I mean I, I love that do, were they musical yeah my mom is a ripping classical pianist oh nice oh, oh, hell yeah she is she that's amazing rips dude actually in one of my songs in my EP I sampled like her playing and like I reversed it Which oh, I love that uh, it's called Hollywood Florida Okay, go, go, yeah. So, so I know that I know you're. Oh, we, we, thank, <laughs> we do our research here, yeah. dude. I just assume nobody's listened, but it's um, I reached out because it's a fucking great EP. Thank yeah. you, I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I sampled her, so that was that was like a really nice moment for me. I was like, shout out to mom. My grandmother's a, an incredible classical pianist, so oh, cool. uh, she, you know, whenever we visit Colorado. You know, she'll play, she'll be playing. Last time we were there, she was actually working on, of all things, Claire de Lune. Whoa. <laughs> Just like, she, she was, because she can play like fast, crazy shit, but she's like, I really want to know if I can do slow and gentle well. Mm -hmm. So she spent like, while we were there, just like hours practicing the first two notes just to get it to be perfect. That's like really inspiring. That's really like life lesson in that. Like, oh yeah. Slow, like you got to enjoy the kind of like, I think it's like speaking to like feel and emotion in piano playing versus like chops and sort of like yeah. being able to show off. I mean, that's that's the Berkeley journey is like you go in and you're just like everyone wants Shredding, to fucking rip yeah. and shred. And then mm -hmm. like the people who like really care either quit their instrument and learn to write songs or <laughs> like get really specific and vibey with their I instrument. I think I became a songwriter because I'm a 
like okay piano player. Like I was a piano principal at Berkeley, but I couldn't play like the jazz shit that everybody wanted me to. How scary was that stuff, by the way? Like, oh the my jazz god, stuff? terrifying! I was so scared. <laughs> it was like it was like it was literally a language barrier. It was yeah. literally yeah. like showing up to that that first audition and being like, "Hey, play the blues," and just like falling flat on my face and being like, "I don't speak this language." Mm-hmm. Well, it's like also just like I didn't know non diatonic music, and also like for what for what it's worth, I was writing songs and I was scoring films before college. And I didn't need to know non-diatonic shit because, you know, whatever. Yeah. Fine. You know, that's a way of writing. Mm-hmm. It's Western as fuck, but like it's a way of writing. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. My, my grandmother's always so full of like strange little wonderful like uh, words of wisdom. Like she, you know, I said on the podcast a lot. She she always said like, ask for what you want. That's that's fucking huge. Great advice. Enormous. Enormous. Oh you kind of forget that, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I went to master because he's a great piano player. Like, why don't you write? Like, why haven't you written it? And after she kind of went into a, like a preamble about how you know she was was taught to read the notes and knew enough theory for why it worked, but you know she had a limited understanding and wasn't interested in learning anymore. But she ends this the, the her little rant about they're not rant like just a general explanation she ends her uh, you know very nice explanation of why she doesn't write with um she's like and there are plenty of songs to learn i don't need to add anymore <laughs> whoa i'm like fuck whoa wish i could relate yeah <laughs> in my dark moments i definitely relate <laughs> like what am i doing man it's <laughs> more grist for the mill <laughs> just like just another song to forget <laughs> <laughs> Another hype machine on top ten. <laughs> oh my god! Playlist. I, I heard. I heard someone refer to. Uh, uh, I forget in what context, but it was like, "Oh yeah, this music is just a Spotify playlist filler now." I'm like, "Fuck, like, that's, that's a thing now." Yeah, that's brutal. I hope you like my music sped up and and compressed into 15 seconds. Uh, uh, five years from now. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything's nightcore in the next five years. I mean, may we all get sampled by some some kid. 10 years from now. Is that like, have you seen like people putting out tracks like slowed plus reverb? Yeah. Is that kind of like the cousin of that or something? Maybe. I yeah. think so. Yeah. I'm not really sure what the culture of that is, but it seems like it's definitely, I've seen people like asking like, oh, can we get a slow slash reverb? Or like I heard someone with an anecdote of like, oh, the label really wants me to do a slow plus Dude, reverb buddy, remix of Phil, this. Good. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was good. on his Spotify and I was like, yo, like it's one of his biggest songs. It's like one of his like, like amazing songs to slowed and reverb. I was like, it's kind of like a second life for a song in yeah, a way. And you can kind of like push it for another reason. But I was like, that's kind of genius. I mean, it is crazy. Like all these, I mean, it's one thing to have like these viral TikTok songs. It is something else to have songs having these second lives. Like, yeah, I mean, one in their own version, like, like dreams by Fleetwood Mac sure, and the yeah. guy, you know, drinking the orange juice. But, but, you know, in other cases, like even, um, was it like Roses? That song, you know, yeah, the, the Roses like, remix, the Outcast? Inbeck remix. Yeah, the yeah. Oh no, no, no. Uh, the Saint John song. The Saint oh, John right, song. Right, right. That like really like. Yeah. The original's totally different. Totally or even different like key. Demi Lovato's song, like the mine on your body and my body on my mind, oh, yeah. like sped up. It's yeah. become a trend and everything. I feel like remember the song Tipsy. Yeah. It's like teen drinking is very bad. No, no <laughs> fake ID though. I think that deserves a second life, and I'd like to go on record saying that. Hell yeah. I really I mean, hope it happens for them. I think you need to do it. I listen. I agree with. I, I want to say it's Jay Kwan, or I'm. I can't remember who did it, but like 
let's let's kind of bring that back. If that's not a reason to get on TikTok, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I feel that way about Michelle's branch's entire discography. Oh my yeah. gosh, Michelle! Can we just get like everywhere? Coming? Yeah. Do you know she's married to the dude from Black Keys, the drummer? I did not know that. The drummer, Patrick uh, Droney or whatever. Yeah. yeah, like they're happily married. I'm, like, huh. yeah. I'm so happy. He has they a name, guys. He has a name. Yeah, the drummer from Black Keys. <laughs> the brother of the guy who wrote the, the the who played the saxophone in the BoJack Horseman theme song. <laughs> Her cousin, I forget their relationship. <laughs> oh man. The one who's not Dan Auerbach. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's 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 the Drew from the Chainsmokers and the other guy. Oh, right. <laughs> who's the other guy in your guys' dynamic? I'm, would you say? I'm scared to answer. <laughs> Let's that go question. here. I, uh, My dad's a psychologist. I can handle it. I feel oh, like it God. I feel like it kind of depends on who on on who you talk to. Because th- there, there's because Nate's the one who's out and about. So there's so many people who like meet him because he's the face of the party. But he's so much more talented than I am. So I think that like when the dust settles, he's the Paul Simon. You're Artie? I think like if Artie was better with PR. <laughs> like I'm not spinning off after this. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if Sleeping Lion tanks, like maybe I put out a folk record that five people listen to and then I open up a cafe somewhere. Got you. Know? you. But what I'm hoping for, what I'm thinking about in all of this too, is that like, you know, like obviously, I mean, not the Nine Inch Nails didn't have a career or whatever, but I, like they had a very incredible career in scoring and everything. But, you know, like they wake up to, you know, a multi-million dollar like accident. Yeah. In you know Old Town Road or something like that, mm-hmm. I am I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming of like throwing the towel in at like thirty one, right? Mm-hmm. Not you know not in a sad way, just like you know we had a fun run, you know, mm-hmm. and we throw the towel in. I get in really into hobbies. Like <laughs> I got a whole line of pickles. I have a, a cafe that also doubles as a movie theater. Absolutely, like yeah. I maybe am great at three D art. Uh, maybe a professional poker player. I'm just, I am just like, I'm like a Ben 10 of hobbies, uh-huh. you know, for, until I'm like 38, right? Mm-hmm. And then like, I wake up one day at 38 and I find out that some kid I've never heard of <laughs> sampled one of Sleeping Lion songs. And then I'm like, oh, amazing. Like, let's, great. Add more, like five more hobbies. You know <laughs> right? yeah. Just tack them on. You're like, let's go. Well, no, because I need, like, it's like I'm rich enough to do golf now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, no, I have a list of rich hobbies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get to upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. I like the 31 exit, though. That's yeah, a, that's, that's, a, that's graceful, I think. That's, that's yeah, it's like, I I could see that for myself. You know, I, I'm realizing something, and I don't know if I like it, but I think it's there's a truth to it, which I think our industry is not built... Uh, well for sustainable happiness. You know, I think mm-hmm. that like, there's a lot of really great community. There's a lot of really great opportunity. There's really high moments and high reward and like tour and all these, you know, great sort of things. But we're built, we're building it all on a wheel. You know, like we're intentionally building it on something that is going to at some point circle so that the old new is old and the old it's is like new. it's like that scene in pirates of the caribbean too yeah, where they're where they're fighting on the they're wheel. fighting on the wheel but yeah you know you know and did I you think... just reference pirates of the caribbean <laughs> yeah, too by did. the way yeah. that was <laughs> so sick <laughs> yeah. fuck yeah man <laughs> we were talking about it the other day yeah. that's not black pearl what are we talking what's the uh, no, dead man's chest, dead man's chest. chest baby. <laughs> yeah. that, that's the thing is that like and i don't know how long i want to feel that way because yeah. no i could you know we we could i mean there's a certain somebody, somebody who won 
a shit ton of Grammys a year ago who didn't win any Grammys this year. You know, a certain a certain somebody, somebody and and their sibling, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> did they get an Oscar though? So, they did get an Oscar though. Right? <laughs> you know? But I just mean to say it's just like we're in this industry that just chews up. You yeah. know? Uh, and, and and like your kind of best case scenario is just you open a cafe. Well, or you or you like you have a uh, like a Vegas show that makes three hundred million dollars a year, but like with Carrot Top. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you do the you know <laughs> the which, Sleeping Line Vegas show. By the way, we I'm, are, Vegas I'm ready residency. for that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I consistently don't show up because I'm at the blackjack table. Oh my god! Like, where yeah. is he? It's like it's a solo show now. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Noah's making like a couple grand a night. And I'm like, no, I made $500. <laughs> I'm up. <laughs> I'm up right now. I have a question for you. How many group chats are you? Whoa. I'm not afraid of being the guy to leave the group chat. Whoa. So how many am I currently in right now? Like I try to get out of them pretty quickly, but right. I'd say I saw them out just because of like, you know, like the post session, like here's the balance guys. That's so fair. fun today. So that kind of like brings my number up pretty high. Yeah, that's true. But on, I don't know if that counts though. Cause like if that's very utilitarian, sometimes those group chats turn into like a fun little, like they can evolve. They can, those can level up. I want none of that. Yeah. I want, I want to engage on text message zero. That's okay. where I'm at at this point. Okay. Because I'm in, I'm in 19 at the moment. That's a good number. Like, like, like active, like active, and okay, mostly, that's a lot, mostly with the same people <laughs> yeah. in different configurations. Just different iterations. Yeah. Because <laughs> we've had this kind of like evolving snowball of a friend group over the last two years. It uh-huh. started with like four people, and then like one of us gets a girlfriend, and then it kind of grows, and then we meet another couple, and then it just becomes it's like it's become this like large like like amorphous entity like grabbing people left and right, uh, and there's just a different group chat for every iteration of every like version of this friend group. See, that stresses me out because my fear would be like shooting an invite to the wrong like friend, like group text that has like a certain like at like four extra people that I don't want to come. Right. And then I'd be like, yo, my beat. Like I'm all, I don't even take nudes, but I'm always living in fear that I'm going to send a nude to my mom. That's like my biggest fear <laughs> in the world. <laughs> but like... <laughs> You know what they say, face your fears. Yeah, I mean, maybe, should we just, is that why I'm here? I, I don't like group chats, but I love group chat names. Like, yeah, I, I think I, I'm like annoyed by how many group chats I'm, I'm in at this point, especially because it's at this point, I think iMessage one should have better organizational uh, capabilities. I couldn't agree more. Like, we can't organize anything. I have to like scroll through to, I can't even filter so, the unreads. Are we yeah, kidding? Filter unread. Give Insane. me some folders. Give me some filters. The second I think that links should be a separate fucking tab because I'm in all these fucking group chats and everybody's sending TikToks and you know what? I'm going to watch them. Right. But I would like to continue my conversation. Right. And it takes up a lot of real estate too so and much. on the screen. The whole the busy TikToks because they're vertical. Right. Yeah. No, like for sure. Stack. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hire us, Apple. <laughs> <laughs> let, let us retire. Get oh my God. Get us out of the music game, Apple. Oh my god! Yeah, let us be your R and D department. Fire your team. I, you know, I always love like the 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 concept of like the couch quarterback. I don't watch sports at all, but I love the concept. You know, I Monday like, quarterback. I'm I just, not familiar with the couch quarterback. Well, the couch quarterback is like you know your uncle sitting on the couch, like oh, if I was there, I would have oh, done it so much yes, better. Gotcha, you know? gotcha. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel that way about. Oh, I, I'll I'll walk the dog. 
And over the course of a 10 minute walk, I'll have found five different ways to like fix. You're a fixer. Everything. Got you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, I have a new streaming platform. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call I'll call my, my my buddy who's like a full stack engineer, you know. I'll call uh-huh. I'll call my friend. Like, I have an idea. Like, quit your job. Like <laughs> quit your six-figure job. Like I have I have it. He's like, Nate, it's a Wednesday. <laughs> Why are you at Trader Joe's? Why are you at Trader Joe's? <laughs> nice. Full circle. Full circle. Very good. Very good. Um okay, so you were in California. Yeah. Doctor parents. Yeah. Uh, your mom, you said, was a OBGYN. Strange, take your child to work day, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Spent a lot of time <laughs> with women. <laughs> That's good, though. It was awesome, honestly. Yeah. Like, and her staff was all female, too. So it was like me and a bunch of like 50-year-old ladies just chopping it up. I, in, the, in that visual, yeah. I imagine you're the one smoking the cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, Diane, let me tell you, I'm five, but I've seen something. <laughs> I loved it. It was so fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's awesome. And were you in bands in high school? So if I knew other music kids, I probably would have been, but I grew up in like an Orthodox Jewish house. So it was like the, like being like the cool kids weren't the band kids. It was like the ones that were best at debate at my school, Mm, which is like kind of weird. Yeah. I get that. But no, I wasn't, I was do a lot of like busking on the street. That was sort of I love that, like, yeah. how I figured out like how to play live. Where'd you busk in LA? Just out of curiosity. Um, Laurel and Ventura at the Barnes oh, okay. and Noble. That'll do it. So fun. I figured out this move where the little kids would leave with their mom and the little kids would see music and they'd come up to me and the mom would like feel so bad. Like and she'd just be like <laughs> trying to get her kid to like stop like paying attention to me that they would just like throw five bucks in. Brilliant. And I would make like 300 bucks a weekend. It was like great That's money. That's Paul Morello gave me five bucks one time. <laughs> love that. Usher. Whoa. Pam from The Office. Wow. Awesome. There were some names. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, what's funny is you're actually like one of the only buskers I've ever had, like we've ever had on the podcast. I used to busk in the subways in New York. Okay, you get um, it. I, so I get it. I did not make that kind of money. What was the amp, the what, the travel one with batteries? Like oh, the cube. I, did you the cube? cube? No, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, yeah. Have, an, I I didn't, didn't have an I didn't have an amp. Nasty little thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you've been to New York, like yeah. in the subway, you don't really need an amp because your biggest, you're, you have a natural amplifier, which right. is the tunnel and your biggest competition is always going to be the train, which no amp is going to. So would you like that. time out your songs based oh, yeah. on like the route and sort of five minutes away, whatever, like mm-hmm. I have time for like two quick ones. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, um, <laughs> either that, or I would w- not play, wait until the train came and then start as the doors opened. Um, oh, so that I would have the traffic coming out. Good move. Um, yeah, and usually that's like if I was playing originals, I would just like play whenever. And if I was playing covers, like doors open, you know. What was your like, like? What was your closer? Would you say for covers? Say, same to you, because I feel like we mm. all have had that one cover growing oh, up. That yeah. was like the okay. one. Okay. I I mean, my favorite cover to play at the time was. Gregory Allen Isakoff's stable song. That was not what I busted with. It was my favorite. So, like, in, what are you I know, doing? I know, like, I know, people, I know. What are they to do with that? I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. That's, I Great did, I, song, by yeah. the way. I would either do Hey Ya, mm. like the Obatiah Parker arrangement of that. It's like the Scrubs one or the whatever. Scrubs one, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, That's a crowd pleaser. Girls Just yeah. Want to Have Fun. Ooh. Also great. Um, In 3 4, which was real fun. I had a loop pedal beatbox Crazy no by Oz Barkley that was 
I mean, killer. that's, I mean, it, I'm like, that, like, I mean, that's every, that's every, what, that's everything anyone ever wanted in 2013. Right? <laughs> this is why he got 300 bucks. Yeah, Bro, exactly. Yeah. Out, it takes like six minutes to get to the first because I'm just building out this horrible, like. You're Ed Sheeran. You were, you were doing it. I, I had the, for the song for me. I'm shocked you weren't on Ellen. Like, my, come on. my party, party stopper crowd pleaser thing was I learned phonetically, not what they mean but not that the words mean much uh to gangnam style i just learned how to sing gangnam style really convincingly and i did it like a sort of like ed sheeran no diggity like really like bluesy like guitar version of gangnam style and people went feral for it because they were like whoa like worked up little white boys in gangnam style whoop whoop would you hit him with that yeah, kind of. Oh, I you were trying maybe to say not, maybe, for a second. Maybe not because like, you know he's like whoop 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 whoop. I'm going him style. It's more like a, uh, like a sort of stupid little. Like, Yo, I might need. I, we, we love a Berkeley alum. I yeah. might need to see a, a. I might need you to whip out a guitar after this <laughs> yeah. to make it happen. I'd be curious how much I how much of it I remember because I haven't done it in years. I mean, and then the third one, of course, is Wonderwall. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I don't play guitar. <laughs> like I, I'm a piano player. So I just like learned what I could in open tunings. You know. Yo, so. death to the loop pedal though. I'm <laughs> yeah. I don't miss it. I'm so done with loop pedals. I, I, I never want to see somebody use one again. <laughs> I think that's why it's I'm so at. not cool anymore. It's I just think so. Like, I think there was such a novelty to it, but yeah. now I'm just like fuck. Like honestly, I'd rather you just sing a cappella. That's the next. That's the next plane. Yeah. Well, do you guys remember this dude Bernhoft? He was like this German dude. He was low key the first like loop pedal guy that I saw, and I was like, oh, I need to do that. But if I'm on TikTok and it takes you 25 seconds <laughs> to like build the track out, like I don't want it. Absolutely. I, 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 hate, I, hate, I hate that, that I do this. Violence, guys. <laughs> it's like again, again. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. Whenever I see those videos, they're like building up a vocal stack. I'm always just like, all right, skip the 35 seconds in. That's what the stack sounds like. Cool. Next TikTok. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now, the only one that got me was somebody was doing How to Save a Life. Except the only one that I will sit and watch <laughs> is. Uh, I love this. Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys made an official TikTok and posted or like reposted a video of uh, the the him building the vocal stack in "Don't uh, Don't Talk Put Your Head on My Shoulder" from Pet Sounds, and that because there's something about like that no, one is magic. You like Pet Sounds? Would you like it's it's just like Pet Sounds? It's just like Pet Sounds. It's like Pet Sounds. <laughs> it's like that's the Portlandia. Right, sketch. right, no, this bench or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's just Pet that. Sounds. It's just like Pet Sounds. Yeah. Damn, I think. No, you know the song. Well, don't talk. Obviously, amazing. But I, mean, I, yeah. I made a pact with myself that I want to die to the song. Let's get away for a while off Pet Sounds. Uh, okay. <laughs> Do you guys have a song you want to die to? That's a good oh, one. Oh God, that's the one I'm dying to. Song I figured to out. die to. Song to what about die Gangnam to. Style. Yo, the acoustic version. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, hold on. <laughs> okay. I'm, I know because I because I have had the thought, so I'm now just sort of like. I think it would be mostly just to make anybody in the room sad. I think it would be Losing You by Randy Newman. Ooh, Whoa. Yeah. That's a good one. And he's got that kind of like Was a goofy voice. Yeah. With my money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. That's a really good one. <laughs> but it's a beautiful little song. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? We're <sighs> hmm. restacks. That's Whoa. good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's a great one. Not a lot more original in my head, honestly. I was like, you know, nobody would think of that. And I'm like, fuck, it's the last one. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, if it was 2011, it's you know, <laughs> yeah. a lot of cred right there. Yeah, I'm really, wow, he's got a really deep cut taste, yeah. Yeah, have you heard of a little artist named Phoebe Bridgers? Yeah. There's like sad songs. I feel like this is such a basic answer, but fuck it. I would, I would, I would do Jeff Buckley Hallelujah. Sure. Gorgeous. 
Gorgeous. Yeah. I would yeah. die to that song. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just him and his little electric guitar. Yeah. I hope that you. I hope that you uh, uh, expire before his like riffing at the end, though. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I feel like you don't need to die to him going. He's <laughs> like, can Hallelujah. he die already? Like Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would die to "Accidentally in Love" by Counting Crows. See, that's a good one too. That's oh, good actually, one. no. I take my. I take it back. "Up All Night" by Counting Crows. Wow. Deep cut. That's a good one. I might throw some black eyed peas in the playlist just to <laughs> yeah. kind of like mess with people. <laughs> I love that we have a death playlist. I like to imagine that like we're just taking, like we're doing like the death rattle song by song. Yeah. We're like, goodbye. <gasps> goodbye. <laughs> I, can, I, I can see myself dying to Ghost Town by Kanye West. <laughs> I can, see my, I can see myself dying to Scars by Papa Roach. Ooh, yeah. that's a good one. <laughs> Out of Control by Hoopstank. Yo, I'm Saving a- Me by Nickelback. Yeah. Yo. The Halo 3 menu music. By- <laughs> <laughs> somebody's got to like somebody's got to capitalize on this market. By the way, because death music, death orig- original death music is like doesn't exist yet, and like. I don't know. You're a, you you know how to do things. No, it's a DJ. It's a deaf jockey. Right. Like you can't, I just imagine like like it's yeah, like it's been, <laughs> I just imagine it's like everybody's surrounding like a person in the bed. It's just like he's here. The guy walks in. He turns his hat around. It's like all right. What do you want? All right. It's hallelujah. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just about to say. I feel like it's been a while since anyone wrote a good dirge. Should, are we, should we write a dirge tonight? Yeah. <laughs> You go into like a like a like a major label session. It's like, yeah, we're really looking for a we're looking for a dirge, radio friendly, radio friendly dirge. I feel like for April Fool's next year, you should like literally hit up your team and be like, I'm I'm like looking for I'm looking for a dirge. Like, can can you get bit dirge pitches? Yeah. I mean, Chopin wrote funeral music, and he was commercially successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Proven concept, guys. Tried and true. You know, Van Gogh painted dirges. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I just Van Gogh, famous composer. Famous composer, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but after high school, after after making bang busking, mm-hmm. frankly, you went to Berkeley. I did, and that is where uh, we might have met potentially. <laughs> potentially. <laughs> In theory. In theory. I just like feel like I know your guys' like Instagram better than I know you as people. I feel like I was always saying that. And like Facebook, maybe you had that's, a pop in a Facebook page at one point. Maybe, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And also like mutual friends for yeah. sure. Right. Just yes. Yeah. You know the same peeps. Um I remember you walking around and I remember like honestly, I like I have memories of like you remember when the fire fire drills would come, go on? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have like memories of just like giving you a look, like Oh. <laughs> <laughs> really I don't know if I'm making up any of this, you know. Like, let's say it happened. Let's, let's say it happened. Let's go with that. I'm we get done. to make up our our history. Yeah. yeah. So you and I, we locked eyes in the calf, and we knew in that moment we'd be best friends. We had our moment. We baby. had our moment. You know. You know. Uh, Amy Allen was there in her corner, totally. writing. Doing and John, sixteen year old John Mayer. John Mayer was there yeah. as well. So it's it a great yeah, crew. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know. Um, uh, What's the guy who wrote Gangnam Style? His name? Psy. Oh, yeah, he went to yeah. Berkeley for a sec. Psy was having the Alfredo. <laughs> <laughs> Berkeley should open a wax museum. Oh, yeah. Of all their, like, yeah. like notable alumni. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, you should, you should get on that, <laughs> yeah. by the way. I mean, knowing Berkeley, though, they would put it, like, 
in the lobby of 160 yeah. and it was yes. in a day. A terrible wax sculpture of 16-year-old John Mayer. It's like, you know he took 12 credits here. <laughs> Is this specifically him masturbating in a chair? Yeah, exactly. When he was known for it, Berkeley. Oh, my God. Uh, what was your principle? That's uh, a stupid fucking question, but what was your principle? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Song... A song no, I, got, I mean your instrument. Oh, I... Th- I think similar to what we were talking about before, like technically guitar, but like oh, sick, yeah. I walked into like the audition with like a kick drum and a hi hat and an acoustic guitar. Oh, nice. I like tried to, I did not play. You oh, know wow. I mean? Okay, okay. One man band. Yeah. Uh, and I think they were like, feel bad for this poor kid. Just let him, just <laughs> let let him, just, him, just let him do his thing. Don't, don't stop him. Just, don't just stop let him go. Yeah. So I was like technically a guitar player, but like I figured out a way to, fail all my guitar classes and still pass Whoa. Like the did you graduate yeah i graduated no way oh yeah i graduated but i figured out like <laughs> how to kind of like skip around the guitar playing aspect nice. of berkeley then, then you were there until 2017 yeah yeah so then you definitely probably definitely probably heard, heard of our rise our rise and fall really i was there i was there, there. <laughs> probably saw me uh picking fights with professors and were you a songwriting major? Yeah. Okay, I'll yeah. do it. Yeah. Just for the context of where we were at Berkeley, we were starting to get some notoriety around the school because we were We just put our ear to the ground, really. Yeah. Like we just like we just got that little crack of a window into like what's actually happening in the industry. And then we just were like, let's dive into like figuring out how the real world works while Berkeley's yeah. like la 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 la. Like, and then everybody did it better than us. Like, yeah. Wait, Wait, shit. Yeah. No, I remember somebody was like talk to Nate. I, this is I maybe we had a conversation at one point about my band. Oh, I think I was in this band called Wake Child at the time. Yo, okay, and yes, me and you yes. maybe spoke, and you were giving me like tips on like how to like do shit on the internet. Would it would if I said if we had that meeting at Trident, would that ring a bell? To yeah, you? yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's when we that's when we were hanging. Out. I would post yeah, up at Trident for the day and. People would come and just sit with me for an so hour. So the bookstore in it. The bookstore, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Like really cute. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, because I remember. I remember Wake Child. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't Way realize Child. that was your. Yeah. Yeah, which is funny because I was in it with this dude, Austin Max, who's fucking awesome, and this dude Terrell Hines, who like went off. Right. We and I worked ended up working on a solo project and all that stuff, but yeah, de- I was definitely talking to you about submit hub then that's it. That's, that, that's that. That would that. That's how we. That was our yeah. interaction. Yes. 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 Um. I love that. It's and it's funny that that is what like like snaps for me. But around that time too, I was like that was my day. Like so, you know, I was so tired and so like whatever because I was just talking and having similar conversations like more or less throughout the day. But yeah, that was like what we were doing like at school was just talking about submit hub and all that stuff, you know? Wow. <laughs> you were on it, guys. You were right. Yeah, congrats. You know? <laughs> yeah, sure. Just in time. Yeah. Just in time for it to <laughs> matter. Just so it to much. not yeah. matter. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you it know. got us out here. You know, it got us. It got the. It got the wheels yeah. moving. And and it was always about community. It was always about making sure that like, I mean, who benefits from education? We say it all the time. Like, if we all know what we're doing, we can't get taken advantage of. We get to have a say in our careers, you know, yeah. and that's that's huge to me. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that reflects back on us, I don't really care much for it. Yeah. I I mean, community, everything. 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 Need it. Fucking need it, guys. I, I mean, I don't know if that's a particularly Jewish instinct in my head, because I feel like a lot of like a lot of my growing up experience, especially in, in Judaism, was about community and about like how important it was to create those communities. But like 
yeah, I just felt like, especially at school or when we came out here, it's like, let's all, let's all help each other. Like, let's mm-hmm. all, you know, work together, you know? And actually be friends. Isn't it cool to like be friends? Yeah. With work with? Yeah, definitely. So sick. I am so relieved we actually had a conversation because I saw you, I think again in LA um, at the Moroccan Lounge um, uh, at Sasha's show, I think. Okay. And I, we both were like, we know each other. Like we were both like, how are you? Long time to see you or whatever. And it could have been an LA thing. Like it could have been the LA thing of like, yeah. we both have no idea who the hell we are. <laughs> Let's just chat. But I'm like, I, I remembered having a conversation with you. So I'm yeah. happy that we did that. My yeah. standout from that night was Sosh had these shirts made that said shit Danny 69 on them. <laughs> I remember and that. And sold them. I remember Oh that. my God, I like, remember just that. Just for that show. I and remember so that. So I was probably just like petrified that my like, now wife was like walking around in that chair and I'm like, please take that off. Oh my God. You were a meme for a second. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> At least it went to a certain circle. It had a certain, <laughs> certain Very moment. niche circle. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're, you're either in the know or you're not, you know? <laughs> um, well, yeah, let's, let's yeah, talk, talk about, about Berkeley. Well, we don't have to talk about Berkeley, but like you were in a band um, and also, is that, is that where you met Sasha Sloan? I met her at a summer camp. No shit. Okay. Yeah. And then we kind of like Facebook messaged each other. And then we actually- Before school or- Before school. And then what happened was she moved to LA when she was 19. And I would always be back here because my girlfriend lived and she was going to USC at the time. So I was like home once a month. And Sash didn't really know people yet in LA. So every time I was here, like we would just like hang out. And yeah, and now she's like my best friend. So like, it, it's really funny that we didn't become friends at the school that we both went to. That's wild. Really, yeah. That's so awesome. That yeah. was also kismet, you know, it's like, it just. She was sitting behind me on a flight. That's what it was. And we, that's why we reconnected. It was really funny. Whoa, that's, that's so wild. Fun. Oh my yeah. God, I love that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was doing the band thing in uh, at Berkeley. And what was that like? Like, what was the, were you, were you doing the blog? Well, I guess, did you? Did the advice work? Did my advice work? To a certain all? extent. I mean, I remember it. So it was like, I, what I can speak to you about that band was that like, there was this sort of like Berkeley celebrity that existed. Mm. Like, oh, where we, it, it we was, know, yeah. Where it was like, if they posted you on their YouTube channel, like, you are the shit. And, it, yeah. and I just felt like I didn't fit into that box. And I, I was so like scared and stressed because I was like, fuck, I'm not going to make it because nobody at Berkeley like gets what I'm doing. And the second I met Austin and Terrell, like, I think I was so relieved because we had, like, just, like, similar vocabulary about music. And I was really trying to carve a new lane. And I think just that kind of inspiration pushed me to sort of, like, really go for it. If how Whatever my ability to go for it was at that time. But um, we, we ended up on the Fresh Finds playlist, which was back then was such a big thing because that yeah. that agent started reaching out to us and labels started reaching out to us and nothing like we were so dumb and young and we didn't know what was happening that like i didn't even realize an opportunity was there because <laughs> i was like i just was clueless well we, you know we were also like fuck labels we'll do it ourselves and now i'm like god i wish right i, I, wish I, I took one you know like i mean it all happens for a reason of course, and yeah. i don't know if i need to be signed to that age but like i think that yeah i have real memories of like submit hub fresh finds i mean so far sounds was yeah oh yeah yeah that was the thing because it's like i still think it's dope as fuck i think so far this is still some of my favorite shows i've ever played 
Those yeah. New York so far shows, I like have nothing but fond memories of that. And every the the best room to play to because it's such a special the night for everybody, and to. they're like they want to be there. I'm they're down to listen to somebody they don't know because there's yeah. act, most people like I mean, have you guys ever done like opening slots before or whatever? Yeah, yeah. It's the worst feeling is like when you know people don't want to see you and actively don't care. Like I just like know that feeling. So I mean, you get more followers on Instagram from a so far show than like opening for a sold out show for at a major venue. Yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, it, it's and and we could tell the stories and be gen and, and get crap. I mean, we I think we honed our crowd work yeah, on, on the so far shows because yeah. you could do anything with them. You know, you tell them to scream, you know, the opening lines of B movie and they would do it. You know, right, like, totally. it's it, it, I love those crowds. Um, yeah. And we would do Boston and New York and we double dip. So we would sort of bounce back and forth on the Megabus. A lot so. of Megabus. Um, Remember the uh, what was the Chinese company? The cheaper one. Do you know what I'm talking about? I Boston? never took that bus. but <laughs> Sketchy, man. I, I heard about it. I heard telltales so of that bus. Ske- so that's was it what Go we, Bus? Go, yeah, that's what we were. I took Go Bus. We <laughs> couldn't <laughs> afford the Megabus. So we were on the Go Bus. <laughs> I did find, you know that like on the Megabus it says like, Tickets as low as a dollar. I did find a Megabus ticket for a dollar. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Like the yeah. only person I know that ever did that. I know. And I was like, no, we have to. It was the worst. It was the worst. <laughs> I'm like, no, we have to take it because we're never going to see this again. <laughs> you guys are going to New York for $2. Yeah. We went to New York for $2. Yeah. yeah. No, those New York weekends in college, I remember. <laughs> fond memories. Yeah. So Man, fun. So yeah, good. The Weekend Warriors, you know? Uh-huh. But that's, I mean, that's awesome. And and yeah, it's, it's funny because like I didn't even, I didn't even, I remember the band. I remember you, and I, I didn't put the two together until this moment. Was there a, was there a song from the band that you were proud of? Maybe I throw it in here. I would say all of them. I I mean, like I think I've I I play all of them simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I've grown as a songwriter, and I think I kind of know what I'm trying to do a little bit more. But like, we were pretty like I remember just feeling fearless, and I like there being no judgy voice in my head, and I just pursued what I wanted so hard. I remember just like, there was this dude, Sam Heyman. I don't know if you guys remember him. He was at Berkeley, but this poor kid, I would like roll up to his kitchen where he had his little studio set up and I'd just force him to work <laughs> for like 12 hours straight. Oh, God. I, was I mean, that so, was the way to do it though. I know? was so annoying. And I, but like, I just, I, a part of me is proud of that version of myself for like going for it and like taking risks and like trying stuff. So yeah, I, I think that like the songs, the songs are what they are and the band was cool and like I had fun, but yeah, I'm definitely proud of what we did. All of, everything we did. I'm very proud of. I love that. And, yeah. and like I said, we knew, we knew it. Like, we yeah. Knew, yeah, I remember that. You know, I don't think I could hum a song right now, but if you play the song, it would trigger a part of my memory that like from that time, uh, you know, yeah. just like immediately. I think it is really interesting though. We, you know, we talked pre-show about how we're both big Say Anything fans. Yeah. Um, in fact, you did a cover of Walk Through Hell. And if I was brave, I'd climb up to you on the mountain. They led you to drink from their fountain, spouting lies. And I'd slay the horrible beast they commissioned to steer me away from my mission to your eyes. I'd stand there like a soldier with my foot upon his chest With my grin spread and my arms out and my bloodstained Sunday's best And you'd hold me, I'd remind you who you are Under their shell I'd walk through hell for you Let it burn right through my shoes, these souls 
I listened to it an, an embarrassing amount of times, Dan, like like kind of embarrassing amount of times. Because I used to cover that song at open mics when I was a kid on the piano. Like, I just, I'm a big Say Anything fan. But one yeah. of the things about liking Say Anything and Max Bemis is that, like, those songs are un, unflinchingly original. Like, even the fact that they were in this pop punk zeitgeist, like, yeah. they could have sounded like all the other pop punk bands. And and gotten away with it and been fine. But like Max's writing is so specific and strange at times and and jagged at yeah. times. And like, the production on those records is also really rough around the edges. Like yeah. compared to your like all-time lows or your other like big pop punk bands of that era, like say anything is scrappy. Oh, oh Walk Through Hell, the, the drums and guitar and Walk Through Hell are... There is not a single note that lines up. No, the completely out of time. Completely out of time. Yeah, it's, it's the wild. Best, oh yeah. my god. Yeah, but it works. Like yeah. you know, he also it, had this like snarl to his voice. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah. That it was so like vicious and like yeah. That's what I remember striking me first about say anything was just like how much conviction he had in what he was saying. Because he could be he could be sassy and he could be mad in the same sentence. Yeah, hundred percent. Like uh, Molly, Molly mm-hmm. uh, Connolly. Mm. You yeah. know, like. That opening is crazy because he goes from like kind of just sassy or whatever to too angry by the end of it. Like, you goddamn kids. Like, it's, I don't know. But I mention this because I think what's really interesting is that, like, I know that that's a part of the fabric of like you as a, I'm sure there's other stuff, but, but I relate a lot to that as like a, a foundational kind of, kind of piece. And, that push to have your own sound, to have your own writing style, to yeah. to really like carve out that space for you. The fear that you felt about not necessarily fitting into the Berkeley space, I think, and 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 you and you addressing it by finding people who helped you not care about it. Mm-hmm. I think that. I felt that fear of just wanting to be a part of the conversation, to want wanting to be known by my peers. Cause we were, I, was, I felt almost invisible, mm-hmm. you know, other than like with Miette, like Miette and I, we did a lot of music and, and shows together and whatnot. I, I felt invisible and I feel like you Noah know, felt similarly. And so we took that fear and we steered it into what do all of you want? How can we sound in a way so that like Berkeley you're happy mm-hmm. and you make the videos for us and hype machine. You're happy. And we get the playlist. Like how, what does everybody else want? Because we were, you know, doing our little film thing. We were doing our, our stuff. What do you guys want? Right. How can we get that, that, uh, that attention? And I think it took us literally years to stop and be like, no, fuck. We like to say anything. Mm-hmm. Like we like the fray. Like we grew up listening to all this other shit. How, like, that should be in our music. Yeah. And so I, I'm very, like, um, I think it's a, a bit of a sentimental thing to say, but but proud of you for, like, not not giving into the temptation in the way that we we did. Oh, I my think, gosh. You know? I mean, I think it, it was just in a different way because, like, I was in pop songwriting rooms doing exactly what you're talking about, quote-unquote, professionally or whatever. Right. So I was, like, trying to please everybody, too. I think I was just like, for me and my own music, I was like, I wanted, I was very, I was very intentional about not putting out music until 
I felt like I had something to say and I felt like I was ready to sort of, you know, bring out the Max Bemis in me and sort of like tie it all together. Cause I was, I was figure I was just trying to figure out a way to tie it all together. And then yeah. I feel like once it clicked, I felt comfortable to do it. But yeah, I mean, I, w- I spent years trying to not even get cuts, just impress publishers, which is like, yeah, that's so stupid. <laughs> you get like, maybe there are three good publishing deals out there a year. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. So like, you, you know, you spend all this time and then they give you a pub deal and you're like, Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. But I, I can, I can relate to that. I want to talk about your record. Um, but as the final, final piece, um, because there is, there is a, a song you wrote with Sasha Sloan that I absolutely adore older. Um, I think it speaks to a lot of my life. I think it speaks to a lot. I mean, to, it did well. I think it speaks to a lot of people's lives. Um, I, I, I know I've actually heard bits and pieces of the story of, of how that song came to be. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear the story of, of how you guys wound up writing that. Yeah. Um, so like I said, Sasha and I were like friends. We we're like really good friends for a solid amount of time. And she... I knew her as songwriter person because she was like kind of the first person I knew in the songwriting scene. But when she became an artist, just because we were friends, she was like, do you want to just like kind of come on the road with me? And like we, she was kind of shopping label deals around. So I, w- I would go with her to showcases and stuff. So she had just signed a record deal and we were on a trip in Germany, just kind of like, I was, we would just go to their office and like, she would play a couple songs. Right. I remember when Ready Yet came out because a friend of mine from Berkeley was like, yeah. oh yeah, like this girl was in my class for, you know, a semester. Yeah. And she just put out a song. I'm like, oh, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard. Like the minimalism of that. Henry. I mean, that's Henry's. Yeah. That's a whole other I'll talk oh, about Henry. He's, sure, he's yeah. like literally the greatest producer. But I just ever. remember, I remember, and you know, she had like 10,000 monthly listeners or yeah. whatever. Actually, the song did did well from the, from kind of from the jump, but like it was still very early on and whatever. Yeah. So I was, She's cool. I'll probably hit her up another time, you know, or like whatever. We're, you know, we're figuring our move out right now. But Right. Yeah. But um, we were in Germany on this like road trip of like meeting labels. And yeah, we just, we had written prior, but like I was like, I didn't really know what songwriting was like in like, let's sit down to write a song. And we were in a hotel room at three in the morning, just like chilling. We like I had KFC for the first time. <laughs> that was like the big thing for me. How was your stomach? It was okay. German yeah. KFC goes yeah. hard. It, yeah. like I, I, start, I can imagine. It's kind of like an elevated, like all their fast food Listen, is elevated. I, I will ride or Italian die. Italian McDonald's. Oh my God. Yeah, I bet. It's like <laughs> next level. Listen, I, I, I would ride or die for the KFC Famous Bowl. Uh, like it's it. it's the mashed potatoes and oh, gravy yeah. and peas and cheese and popcorn chicken. I mean, it sounds perfect. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Your farts are immaculate. After that, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we basically just like wrote it that night and it was, it started off as like a voice memo and then it, we produced it out with Henry and finished it up and came out. The older I get, the more that I see, my parents aren't heroes, they're just like me. And loving is hard, it don't always work, you just try your best not to get hurt. I used to be mad, but now I know Sometimes it's better to let someone go It just hadn't hit me yet The older I get That was my first cut ever, so Wow I didn't Not really, a bad first run I mean, 
talk about burning out early. (laughs) (laughs) Story of my life. (laughs) No, but I mean, it was it was cool because like I think obviously the song doing well was really nice and that opened a lot of doors for me. But I think watching Sasha navigate being an artist and like having stuff happen was like some of the best lessons I could have learned. Yeah, because I got to do it as a friend and sort of see where her she was at and the mistakes she made and the success she had. It was it was really cool to like watch her navigate that. And I think I learned a lot. I mean, I, I love that. Like, and I think uh, I, I remember when the song came out and just seeing your name. I was just like, "Oh, good!" Like, I didn't know. I didn't know you were you were there. I didn't know that like you were in the camp or in the whatever. Because I, I wasn't paying a ton of attention to. Famously, I didn't pay attention particularly well in general. <laughs> yeah. But I saw your name. I'm like, "Oh, good. Dan's doing all right." Like, <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, this guy." You know, like. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was definitely living in my parents' back house. Like, <laughs> like for a long time after that but um, but yeah. no but I, I think I, I I love how like candid the song is especially about how strange it is to grow grow up and contend with your parents contend with your life and career mm-hmm. and everything like uh, and I mean it, I think it it got me you know in my early 20s so it's like that's right when everything feels so so how old we were. So yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, so start, was there a line that stood out to you uh, when you guys were writing that like that kind of op- unlocked the song for you or for her? I mean, I think I would I can't claim that song entire. I mean, I can't really. I, I think I was, for lack of better terms, the right place, at the right time. And like, obviously, I contributed and like we write together and it was collaborative. But like that's Sasha's story to tell. And that's that. that was not my experience. So I think I also learned a valuable lesson of like sort of how to how to help people get to where they're trying to go in a songwriting session and that was that was my first huge. lesson right there yeah. and it sometimes it's like having like a three-hour conversation and like breaking down and crying and sometimes it's simple as playing like a little chord progression and all of a sudden it's like boom you're in it you never know when it's going to happen but it was one of those things where I started playing guitar she had a couple lines i would hit her with like a punch in every once in a while and i mean she kind of bodied that shit well and and you know she's like a very lyrical writer. Yeah. And so I, I'm I'm also similarly a very lyrical writer. And so like one of our favorite collaborators to work with, do you know Alex Venegas? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So we he's one of the only songwriters we let in on our project because he knows not to get in my way when it comes to the lyric yeah. stuff. But he's very good at like throwing a line here, throwing a line there. Like or or even just getting me to disagree with what he says so that I'll come up with it. Just like, cause that's how I work. Like, yeah. and I find that, yeah, you know, if you were to sit and say like, you know, I don't know whether he could point to a specific line, you know, that he, that he wrote from word one to the end, but he helped get us there the whole way through. Yeah. So does, I feel like he does the same thing with melody. Like he so nonchalantly like elevates any melody you're working on. You'll add like a little thing to it. You're like, Oh, that's better, isn't it? Yeah. That's cool. That's I mean, those are the best people. Vibe to work guys with. are like a huge part of a writing session. But that's look at my career. That's the whole thing. <laughs> the vibe, yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, it, but it is such a such a, such a special role to have. I think because you're you are getting the best, and in a lot of ways, it's a producer. Um, it's the most producer you can get as a songwriter. Yeah. In a way, getting yeah. the best version of something out of somebody. Were you at the Lido Clinic that we did? No. Uh, okay. We we had Lido in, and and we like did a Q A Q and A with cool. him back at Berkeley, but he said a producer's job is to get the best song. Yeah. Done. You know. So yeah. That's what you do. Like that's what that's. I mean, and I think that like, 
I don't want to sell myself completely short. Like I'm, I think my, my approach to songwriting. And I think what I've learned is that like, and how I'm best used in a room is to come in with no preconceived notions of like what I do and what I am. And it's just like, I'm my, I'm trying to read the room. That's the whole entire thing. And it's like, kind of like what you're talking about is like, if I were to work with you and you're like all over the lyrics, like, don't stick your fucking nose in that. Like, figure out a way to be useful. I play a lot of instruments. That's how I, a lot of the times I'll walk into them and an artist is like, I got the lyrics. I'm like, let me like just be producer guy. Yeah. And I speak producer language and I speak songwriter language. So like, I kind of just like pull up a swivel chair and I'm like rolling back and forth. And that's, that a lot of times that's how I can be effective or like a songwriter is like, I need help with lyrics and I can kind of step in and help out with that. So I think just versatility yeah. and like, well, you're so I think you're generous in spirit. Like you know, you you were you were at our house. You, we were sitting on the balcony. We were five minutes. We're already laughing and telling stories mm-hmm. and and everything like that. Like that's not something that can be taken for granted. That's, that's not a professional, right? That's there. A, that's, that's a professional pro. at work. Fucking pro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking pro. No, but but seriously, like I think that um, you know, I, I I consider it one of my superpowers. You know, one of the things I'm the most proud of 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 myself to be able to talk to people or to be able to just like have a comfortable conversation wherever but like that's huge and you, we've had you know literally over 100 people come onto the show or you know 200 plus people over the course of sessions be on that balcony and sometimes conversation doesn't just start in two minutes you know mm-hmm. i think that like like you have a generosity in your spirit to like and your energy to just like want to have a good time where you are Oh, so like, yeah, you know, to like have like have a good conversation to have like to make the most of what this is, you know, because like, yeah, we, we, we see each other every once in a while. But and we DM every, mm-hmm. you know, so so often like like there, there's a version where somebody with the same history that you and I have comes over and is a little bit cold or a little bit strange or mm-hmm. a little bit like. Oh man, you know that was a long, long drive, and <laughs> where the fuck am I? And who are these guys? You know. Yeah. But you're—that's not you. You're ready for whatever room you walk into. I try to be. I mean, and people are pretty cool for the most part. You know what I mean? Like, I most people like have their own story and their own kind of like. I'm just curious about people. <laughs> yeah, I think people that's are huge. so fucking weird. It's like crazy. <laughs> it's like. I want to know what's going on. That's, that's the See, other you're thing. You're telling us start a podcast, man. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the other thing that gets you into like a year's worth of two sessions a day. You're just like, I just want like it's so fun to just meet a stranger and be like, what's your deal? Like, what's your just vibe? Interrogate them. Yeah, for exactly. 30 minutes. So like, fun. and I mean, that's I mean, I, no, I, what's, I, funny, what's funny is like someone so, like at the at the peak of burnout, like the worst part of the session is like, oh fuck, we have to write now, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's can so we, true. Can we just like hang out for the rest of the session. I totally feel you. Yeah. What are you saying? Oh, yeah, no, just, I mean, it's something that talked a lot about, like, within the community of, like, writers and producers, but it is it is such a funny experience to go into a room with a stranger and be like, all right, well, so what's your trauma? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's almost How cartoonish, it but it is, like, yeah. it right. is it is such a strange, like, you, you get such a main line into what makes a person tick. Like, in a way that, like, you don't get that if you're, like, as a customer, you know, in customer service interactions or, like, other, other jobs where you were, even, like, jobs that work more intimately with people like it's a lot more surface level like whereas For sure. our job is to get under the skin like well, immediately. There, there's yeah. a little bit of your dad in there isn't there yeah i mean probably i mean i think my dad's really good at asking questions and mm. i think i kind of absorbed that from that's him. a crucial skill my dad's a, a business coach like i you know he like uh like small business owners or whatever they'll call him and kind of just like 
talk through advice. Like he's not necessarily like a consultant as much as a like, hey, you know, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Like, mm-hmm. or maybe you should just go on a walk. Yeah. You know? Um, and he said that like, you know, he because he was he tried to be a songwriter at my age. And uh-huh. he, you know, at one point he was coaching somebody in the middle of a songwriting session. And they're like, do you want to coach me or do you want to write a song? It's like, I think I want to coach you. That was the fork in the road. There you, know? you go. I, I feel that. I feel that. You know, I think like being able to be there because we can be art. You know, artists can be artists can be artists. Like being there for a song as a songwriter is being there for somebody else. Yeah. You know, but there's <laughs> definitely that perspective you bring into the room, too. You know what I mean? Of like knowing what it's like to like stress out about the font of the cover art. And, right. Uh, exactly. And, and feel like it's the end of the world. Because it does feel like that sometimes when you're like, when, you know, I my early memories of being an artist, I've been able to sort of like, kind of through my experience, like taper this a little bit, but like, I just remember the stakes feeling so incredibly high yeah. at every single given moment. And I just remember being so defeated by that. At every, yeah. every loss I took so personally. So yeah. hard. You take it so hard. I took it so personally. And I think that like. Especially when a loss was like a couple months ago's win, like. Like, oh, we're only getting a thousand streams a day. It's like, oh, a year ago, that was like, oh my God, we got a thousand yeah, like streams we a day. Did it. Yeah. yeah, but just like being mindful and cautious of that or conscious of that when you walk in with an artist and just be like, for you, this is just your Tuesday and it's in your calendar because your team put it there. But for them, they're like trying to make the album that does, that makes them, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's, I think carrying that, having that little band experience before, and I'm sure you guys being in a band, like, it definitely gave me an understanding of like sort of what I'm working with and who I'm working with when I'm in the room. I think it also helped in the early sides because if you're a songwriter and you ha- and you don't have a cut, or if you're you know a producer and you don't have a cut or whatever, you're kind of like, hey, like take a shot on me. Whereas for us, we were remixing people um, officially and unofficially, and we had you know a record's worth of stuff. So they're like, oh, they're good. We- let's put them into sessions, you know, right. as opposed to if we like didn't have anything out or hadn't done anything like we got our first production jobs because of the remixes that we did for labels and oh, artists cool. and stuff like that because so like oh cool you can produce you, right. you did that you know the the artist liked it enough that now they're playing your remix live right. as opposed to the original you know that's sick let's go very recently the transition into uh the artistry yeah dude that's a huge thing how how did you come about uh starting that and and deciding that that was the next step for you and and how did the name slim dan uh the name slim dan was my screen name on aim (laughs) love that when i was nine years old so obviously slim dan nine slim being slim shady obviously beautiful Got it, yeah um and i love how when you're like please nine, stand up like yeah. when you're like it like your age means so much to you growing up that like it be it's it's you're the only thing you have like you haven't done many things so yeah. i was just nine so i was like fuck it i'm nine so that's my instagram <laughs> handle and i lost the nine for the artist thing but that's how i got there and then slim dan nine in terms of uh we say you're nine at heart in the project Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> no. What, what was your aim handle? Do you remember it? I had. Here's the thing. I wasn't a big aim user, but I guess on MSN or whatever, and like my Xbox username, I came up with the with the name Nugash, G N U G A S H. That was Nugash. Like Nugash. 
Oh, wow. It's nonsense. It's not from anything. It just like came to me in a that's dream. That's so sick, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that was my gamer tag. Like that was my name for, for a year. I mean, it still is on some things. Oh, hell yeah. Like placed on my PS4. That's like my gamer tag. Like <laughs> still, still. Yeah. Cause it's like, I don't know what else am I going to do? Um, so, uh, my aim came from my world of Warcraft username, which was press fire. Ooh, that's sick. And it was press yeah. fire because I was reading the Pendragon series. Yeah. And he, he had his uncle, Uncle Press. Yeah. And I thought he was awesome. So I was like, my favorite character ever is Press. And I was playing a lot of Kingdom Hearts around the time. And I was uh, I was going to be a mage in World of Warcraft. So I was like, well, I'm going to be a fire mage. And in King- Kingdom Hearts, I was using fire a lot. So it's my favorite element, I guess. So press fire. And then... I made my aim with my cousin who was like American Eagle cool. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Like my cousin was like, he's like, I talk to girls. He's like right. 11, you know? Meanwhile, we're uh, just out there with the Hollister gear just feeling like shit about ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, 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 Target for me. Oh, Mossimo for life. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Good brand. Good brand. It's a workhorse. Good workhorse. Okay, either the day. Um, no, I got like eight Goodfellow shirts, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so he's so I'm like, he's like, what do you want your... So we were making AIM one night when I was like staying at his house. And he's like, what do you want your AIM name to be? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I mean, my World of Warcraft name, like Press Fire. He's like, nerd. Uh, uh, now he was... Corey, you weren't that mean. All right. In my head, you were like, nerd. He was like, he's like, no, that's like kind of lame, kind of nerdy. Uh, so what if it was like Press to fire oh that's hard though so it's press to fire press that sounds like fire. a proximity youtube page like <laughs> yeah. like I, I could see like a cool edm artist called press to fire yeah 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 press to fire it's never too late yeah now. never too late that's my new artist name now. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome though. i love it sorry i didn't mean to interrupt the story no but, you're yeah. totally good um what's the nostalgia uh what was i saying oh the artist thing so yeah. basically mental breakdown in colorado Fire the whole team, new team, and in my to ask about the breakdown, like sure. What? I mean, I'm exaggerating. No, no, yeah, I, I, I it mean, was it wasn't. I didn't really like go through a mental breakdown, but um, sorry, what were you gonna say? No, no, I, I mean, and I'm, I'm, I'm breakdowns come in all shapes and sizes. Sure, you know, yeah. uh, we've all, um, you know, I, 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 I feel like I've had them uh, compared to others, sure. not as as intense, but um, but more just like what. Like, what were you doing in Colorado? Yeah. And and then what kind of hit you there? Because I think that that epiphany is big. And I don't want to, like, brush over that yeah. if it can help somebody who's feeling sure. similarly. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, so just to paint the picture at that point, like we were talking about earlier, I was, like, two, three years into, like, songwriter guy's career thing. And I had just signed a publishing deal, was which was always sort of this, like, big monument. I, I kind of it as this big thing where i was like once i send the pub deal oh it's like i made it you made it which is like the dumbest thing ever but (laughs) i guess like that's the only sort of benchmark i could set for myself where i was like oh this means i'm doing better you know what i mean your goal so i had just signed the pub deal and then COVID happened and i was actually at like at a songwriting camp with some like a bunch of people i work with and my good friend sarah just sort of we were on a walk one day and then i was just like this is all wrong this all feels so wrong and I had to take a little, little look inside, and I had never to, want to look there. <laughs> I, ne- I never want to look there, and I keep think, that door closed. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, "What's going on?" And I just realized that like there was so much fear inside of me that I hadn't really like even known was there or dealt with. 
And I was like, what am I so afraid of? And I was, I was and then that I was afraid of like firing my manager because who was going to manage me? I was mm. afraid of like doing the sessions I actually wanted to do and saying no to stuff. Cause what if they don't want to work with me? And I just realized I was making so many fear-based decisions. And part of that was like putting out music and mind you, like, I don't think 22 year old me should have been putting out music and I'm glad it happened when it did. Cause I think I was way more ready than I would have been. But I think I was just, I just had to sort of face my fears a little bit and be like, all right, Dan, like it's time to grow up a little bit and like, just do what you want to do. And also I think there's a part of it where I was like, if I'm going to do this shit, I might as well do it on my own terms and do what makes me happy because yeah. like every day I'm here is lucky. And like, it would suck if I like looked back and I was like, fuck, I was just terrified the whole time and I didn't yeah. actually like have fun. So I think that was a big part of the kind of like coming to become like do the artist thing. Yeah, You're at the amusement park and you're not going on any of the rides. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I was just like using the hand sanitizer by the bathroom. I was like, <laughs> the cake in the corner, yeah, yeah, I was like, I was terrified, but I think I had that moment and I think it was like a really, I, I kind of took it in and then I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do an artist project. And I think a big part of the fear, which I'm sure you guys see a lot is like, there's a huge stigma of like songwriter turned artist. And I think there's like, I felt like I was going to receive a lot of judgment from my mm. peers for, putting out an artist project for some reason, but I was really scared of that. And I was like, that's bullshit. I'm making it up in my head. What kind of artist you want to be? And then that's how it sort of started the journey of like me thinking about what kind of stuff I want to do and what I wanted to say and what kind of team I wanted and what kind of artist I wanted to be. I don't want to say that we're above the fear of judgment, but we do have a podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's really you can't go lower than that. There's a certain level of <laughs> you have to shut your brain off, and be like I like you have to not care right. how that comes across to people. Like, well, y'all are crushing it. Great. <laughs> when I first when I first met his partner before they met, like mm -hmm. we we like I met her at a mutual friends thing. <laughs> she 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 told me later she was like I almost was like oh cool like that's the end of the conversation when I told her I had a podcast. <laughs> I'm like your future boyfriend also has a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny yeah i i actually I, I say that to everybody i'm like your future right. your future spouse yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm from the i'm time traveling i'm, I'm from, from the, the in the future I, i've come from the future and let me tell you everyone has a podcast, right. <laughs> everyone has a podcast. <laughs> it's some i mean that is that is the way things are trending i mean yeah we're trending towards everyone having a podcast or tiktok or yeah. you know tiktok is a kind of podcast i'm not going there i that would can't touch that one i am i my brain would eat itself <laughs> trying to talk about this subject. <laughs> I'm going to leave it here. Um, oh tune in to next week's chat. <laughs> yeah. um, fuck. <laughs> but, um, I mean, and I, and I love that. I think, you know, the fear that you're mentioning is something that we've been, like, really grappling with lately, especially as, like, a lot of the path forward that we, that we like, got into or, or when we started the, the hype machine or whatever. Like, they're kind of not there anymore in the way that we knew them, you know, or the way that like made sense outside of like the constant luck of content creation and whatnot, um, you know, akin to even like YouTube back in its sort of heyday. Um, like what I loved about taking those meetings at Trident was that there was a flexibility to how we could all do things. There were different paths, but like, you know, and there were certain like, steps but like you could get hiptronics and that could mean something different than if you got new music friday or right like it was just however you want to build your career and now there's a sort of one size you know fits all yeah 
Um, so I think that like we like literally yesterday I had like this epiphany that like we've been sitting on this record for two years and we've been doing it because we've been afraid that it'll go, come out and because we we recently lost our management and we recently lost our legal team and that like if the record does well, we wouldn't know what to do with it for once because we don't have a team. Right. And if the record doesn't do well, well, here we've been sitting on it record for two years. What the fuck was the point, you know? Mm-hmm. But on top of that, we both have solo shit. We've both written solo shit. Right. And we haven't put out any of it because I think because of fear. Yeah. Yeah. And I I just I, I love I'm glad that you said what you said because I think I mean anybody listening might need to hear it, but I need to hear it. Oh, cool. Cause like I think I am making way too many decisions out of fear what? Fear that not a couple million people are going to listen to it, but instead maybe a hundred thousand like, Oh, boohoo. You know, <laughs> we're all eating, aren't we? You yeah. Know? And like, I th- it's also, what are you trying to get out of it? I think is another important question. And it's like, if you're trying to be like the next JB, it's like, yeah, you got a lot to worry about right now. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's hard out it's there. Hard out there. Yeah. It's hard out there. Cause everybody's fighting for that spot. But like, if you're for me, like I'm cool, just like putting out my music. And if like other artists hear it and they're like, who, who's this artist oh he's a writer i want to work with him like that's my best case scenario is that i get to work with dope artists because they hear my shit so i think just managing expectations like i for me that was a way for me to kind of like take that fear and kind of curb it for a little bit and like be able to move forward well and you know i know earlier i was like oh i have my 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 31 year old exit plan but like i i do think that i'm just gonna do it until it's not there anymore because so far we haven't had a moment when it's not there anymore and whether that moment ever comes who who knows because like if, if i if i wake up 31 and there's still somebody who wants to write or still somebody who wants to make music like what am i going to do say no to it you right. know like i that would be wonderful you know yeah. i'd be so well, happy also the thing in yourself that wants to make music like god something, fuck you like, you're right you know what i mean like like you you could wake up at 37 thinking you thinking you're, you're done and then and then there's that bug it's like you're stuck in traffic and you're tom waits like not fucking now are you kidding me like it, it's gonna the the muse is gonna take you. It's gonna attack you, and and, and you know, we are really a... fucking cursed, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's all fodder. It's all you know. It's all like shit that we can like. Your whole life is what you can write about. You know, if anything, starting the the solo project when you did, you know, it's like you got more life to write about. Yeah, and I think it's like. I don't, do you guys have like a notes app or whatever where you write titles or oh, whatever? Yeah, yeah. I just like found myself writing stuff down that I'm like, yeah, BB Rexa doesn't want to say that. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, like, I have this song called like MVP and I had that title and I was like, I don't know what session I could walk into and like talk about this. And it's like, oh, I think it's because I want to talk about yeah, it. So yeah. then that kind of it happens naturally. Well, like we that. even have it here where it's like, you know, we're songwriting for us, but. Now, oh, well, what works for me? What works for you? Like, whatever, you uh-huh. know, like, I I totally get that. Um, I think BB Rex would kill magazines, by the way. Oh, That's, my God. Uh, <laughs> God, I, I, I appreciate that. And, and also, like, I imagine you weren't like, oh, you know, in Colorado, time to start the artist project and then started writing. Like, I'm sure you were writing for yourself these little, these songs. That, like, well, actually, I don't want to assume that. Did you did you make the decision to start and then be like, okay, everything from here no, on? No, I think it was sort of like on the tails of me writing a couple songs with like close collaborators where I was like, nobody's going to fucking take this. And it wasn't even like that. I think I intentionally, it, well, I guess 
where do I start with this? So I, you brought up that song magazines. That was the first one I really wrote. And that was, do you know, Steve Brian Brundage? He's a writer. No, he's like literally the best songwriter ever. He's like my favorite person ever. But, um, we were supposed to work with this artist and she didn't show up that day. And it was just me and him. And like, we had worked a couple times, but he has this really like disarming way about him where he's like, he, he lets you be you in the room and he, it doesn't feel like you're fighting for real estate. It's like, he just lets you do your thing. And also is an incredible songwriter and human. So we just stumbled into that song and I ended up telling the story that I didn't even know I wanted to tell. And once I did that, it kind of gave me that like ding ding of like, okay, I think I have something to say. Like I just wrote about something that other people can't write about. So I had that song and I had another one and everyone was, I I didn't show it to anybody because I was way too scared. And I think Colorado gave me the confidence to be like, why don't I hit up a manager that I fuck with who works with people that I fuck with and see like what they think of my music. And then it kind of started that thing. I love that. I love that. I mean, and that's, that's the, the, other, you know, my, my, my grandma in Colorado asked for what you want. Mm-hmm. Cause you might just get it. You might just get it. I'm glad that we're talking about magazines. Cause you know, there's some, I didn't realize that that was the first song that you had started for the project, but it, it was the first song that got me into your project oh, cool. because you had posted like a preview of it on your story. And I, again, I think listened to it, just that little preview you put. Um, I'd listened to it an embarrassing number of times oh um, because and I, I think I might have DM'd you about this. Like my first relationship in high school, um, we've been going out for about, you know, two weeks. We really liked each other. And then I'm like, you know, I text her. I'm like, hey, how's it going? And she's like, oh, I'm having a bit of a tough day. I'm like, oh, like, what's going on? And she's like, my dad just died. Whoa. I'm like, like I was like, LOL. Yeah, same. You know, like, right. are we hanging out tonight? She's like, no, he like really did. I was like, oh, oh, God. Okay. Um, she's like, yeah, uh, you know, funerals tomorrow. I'm like, I'm free. She's like, what? I'm like, I'll, I mean, do you want me to do you want? She's like, yeah, I wasn't going to ask. But yeah, I, I like that. So. I met her mom at her husband's funeral. Totally. And and there was, you know, and, and then we went to the house and it was, and, and so it's not the same story as magazines, but the intimacy with family and with this person, the skipping straight to the silence part, like all of that hit me so hard because I had oh. never heard anybody write about that experience. I'm. I, that's really nice of you to say. And sorry that happened. No, too, I but- mean- yeah, no, I th- I think that it was just like, it's a it's a really interesting experience to be the outsider while people are going through something really hard. Yeah, because you don't know what to do. You know what I mean? You want to be helpful. You don't want to get in the way of things, but you also want to show up. It's really, it's obviously hard to grieve something and go through something traumatic, but it's hard to be the person next to that person who wants to help too because it's so confusing. So I think I just. Yeah, that's sort of what the song I wrote. I made it about me. Like I, no, yeah, 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 I made somebody else's like horrible trauma about me no yeah. I, I wrote a similar song yeah. when i was 17 or whatever right. you know it's like but but that's the thing is like um it's the big sick yeah yeah it's like it's like that's a specific place to be in too because you're it's about the whole everything's about love like when you break it down it's like that you know grief is coming from the love and you wanting to be there for a person is from love and it's not about is this about me or, or you or somebody else it's about like 
where what do we do with all this love that we have for each other? Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's for family or for a new relationship or anything. And also just what a bizarre place to be in to like to to like bear witness in a way to somebody's worst day of their worst life. Worst day of their life. Yeah. yeah. Can, can I can you tell me about this? I mean, you tell the story pretty vividly in yeah. the song. Your mom flew back from Canada and though we just met I felt comfortable holding her hand skipped all the small talk went straight to the silence sat there and prayed for your dad magazines fluorescent lights the three of us staying awake through the night close to me What about the experience stuck with you, but but you re, but you found was the maybe the hardest to talk about while you were when when it finally came down to writing. Um, it's a bit of a origami question. Let me. I'll put it this way: I didn't realize the impact it had on my life because it wasn't about me until I sat down to write that song. And I think what it did was, A, it, it was my first experience with death, which is like a huge milestone in somebody's life because it's a really hard lesson to learn. And it's it's a hard thing to deal with. But I think also the, uh, the impact it had on my relationship with my now wife was like it bonded us in a way that I don't think anybody... Oh, is it about, it's about your... Is about your my, wife? Yeah, my okay. So my me and my wife have been t- together for like ten years. So we oh, met wow. in high school. So it was the end of high school when he got diagnosed. So it was like that sort of it just threw us into this really serious, heavy place. And it was kind of like I was like, yeah, fuck with you, I'll ride with you. And like I think that's what kind of brought us together in a really, really special. I think that's what makes our relationship so special is that like the understanding and the history we have with each other is like it runs deep. That's beautiful. I, I wasn't sure if it was about your like current marriage or like just a you know past yeah. relationship or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if any anything beautiful can come from tragedy, it's that yeah, you guys did. It, where does that love go? Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, when Andrew Garfield was on um, was on Colbert, I think, and he was talking about missing his mom who had passed away. It's just like you know, I I, I like the feeling of missing because it's it's all the love. And where you know, and, and and where it finds itself, and I'm paraphrasing it, but you yeah, know, I think that like um, I'm a big believer. I don't know if I believe in things happening for for a reason. I have a specific qualms with with that sometimes, or just don't like trying to figure out what the reason is. But I do love the idea that nothing's wasted. You know, yeah, that, that from every tragedy, it doesn't necessarily mean that beauty has to follow every tragedy, but that that end that that love or that energy or that sadness, it goes somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and we have that responsibility to have it go somewhere. You mm-hmm. know? So, that's a beautiful song. It just it really, you know, really hit me. Thanks, man. You know? Of course, it. I didn't marry my high school uh, no. girlfriend. We broke up like three months later. But um, 
uh, I wish her the best. And same, and, by yeah. the way, I really do wish her the best. Yeah, like, I'm not kidding right yeah. now. Like, yeah, I hope she's okay. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I, do, I do too. Like, yeah, yeah. But I just, I really thought that was a beautiful song. And and as a sort of statement for the artist project, like you can write in all of these spaces. You can write in the pop space. You can write, you know, like energetic or this or that. And the fact that like it's you are able to tell this story and center it on a waltz and have it be compelling and have it be like very unique and and special i just think that it takes a lot of like maturity there like i think that that's like is such a strong artist statement i sound very like pre but like it is a strong artist statement but it's also like such a great i think introduction to you as an artist because it's like if you can pull this off you can pull the rest of it you know like (laughs) i'm trying i don't know who knows but yeah that really that's really sweet of you to say thank you i also just love waltzes so you you got you got me in like eight different directions (laughs) i'm like all right fine is there a i know i've been asking the favorite question but do you have a favorite song on the record Maybe other than magazines if i uh, think that's the one where i was like oh okay like i got something but I think um, I'm just proud of all of them. I'm really proud of myself for actually finishing them and doing it because there's a version of this story where like I got was too scared and didn't do it. So like I'm just glad I finished it. Finishing is really hard. Oh, I'm yeah. sure you guys know that. Oh, yeah. So I forced myself to finish and my team around me was really supportive and like that was really cool. So I think I'm most proud that I put it out and I did it. Yeah. Not oh, yeah. I think it's amazing. Song. Yeah. Well, and we're 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 Slim Dan fans, you know. Like Thanks, I, 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 I DM'd you, and and also just like this this show is about wherever anybody is in their journey. So I was just like, come on, let's talk about you know, come come. I text DM'd you. I'm like, come through. Let's just talk about how we got here, you know. And sure. and this is really just the beginning, you know. Just or the end. Or the end. Who knows? It, you Maybe know? we're gonna get our uh, dying playlists uh, going a little bit sooner. Than yeah. <laughs> Every day is a gift. <laughs> I just have it on my phone yeah. at all times ready to go. Jesus. You have like the saving me timer on top of you. <laughs> just like, yeah. Dan, are you ready for the question round? The question round. Let's go. All right, let's do it. The question round. The question round. All right. The first sort of random question is what are the first describe the first three videos that pop up on your free page? Oh, we got Rosie, my girl Rosie. Hell yeah. Oh, her. Rosie, friend of the pod. It's her writing, sing a devastatingly beautiful song. And then it looks like Lily Hormel, who is another friend. Yeah. It's all artists. Yeah. yeah. Sally Boy, another friend of mine. Great. <laughs> there you go. Your friends write the songs. That's actually it's a good, literally my whole entire TikTok. A good yeah. portion of Fuck, my free page so is that. Stupid. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Shout out, friend of the pod, Rosie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We. Uh, Rosie was the finale of season. Or season two finale. Yeah. yeah. She's a monster. I love She's her. Amazing. She's great. Amazing. And Mateo, you know Mateo. Uh, is that her brother? Oh, her brother. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was. Yeah, I was just talking to him. He's a great guy. Awesome. Yeah. So good. Yeah, yeah. Really. Really just exceptional people yeah for sure um, next question the question round what is your phone background um a picture of my wife and dog but i'd like to spotlight my phone case actually oh wow which i think is pretty strong is that adam sandler yeah it's adam sandler Beautiful. Hell yeah. so yeah but this is my wife and my dog mozart oh yeah oh mozart that's a great name mozart the bulldog next question do you have a non-musical hobby yeah avid tennis player basketball every sunday hell yeah, yeah. 
NBA sports. I grew up with really fratty kids, so like it kind of rubbed off on me. Love to see it. Yeah. Yeah. On to a very important question. The most important question. The most important question. Would you be a pirate? How much do they pay? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very pirate answer. <laughs> depends on how on how depends on who you end up being. Yeah, yeah it depends on, on who you end up captain. stealing from. Bro, Captain Bart back to Pirates of the Caribbean full circle. I fuck I fuck around on a Jack Sparrow shit for oh, a yeah. second. Why oh, not? Yeah. I can see it. I can yeah. see it. Um, One of us. <laughs> do, do you have any tattoos? No. Jewish. Uh, Jewish. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna. That's was fair. Gonna, yeah. If it wasn't against uh, our our people, what would you? Is there? Have you ever thought about one or or something that might resonate with you? Like my dumbass would have gotten a triangle or something <laughs> at some point <laughs> in my yeah. life. But like, I'm glad I don't have tattoos. Like, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I would just be so cringe. Like, I yeah, it, feel, it doesn't yeah. need to happen. Like for some people, they rock it. But I I look in the mirror and I'm like. Yeah, you're okay. Like yeah. <laughs> you don't need it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start using like I was like I can't do this like as a, as an excuse because I don't I, I I the the true reason is I just think it would break my brain trying to come up with something. Way too big of a decision. Yeah, too big. So yeah. scary. Yeah. What was the first concert you ever attended? Neil Diamond. Yeah. Okay. 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 Bro. Uh, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yo, you know Neil Diamond wrote "I'm a Believer." No. no this guy's catalog not a joke i'm the biggest neil diamond fan he's like, great that's he's great so good i love neil diamond yeah but that was my first concert they're coming to america <laughs> um <laughs> do you have a scar with a story yeah i have i don't know if you can see it i got one above my eyebrow uh jewish summer camp mm-hmm. as we do of course uh simon lusky was swinging a golf club to impress <laughs> girls on his backswing got me in the eye six stitches on the left eyebrow uh, there's a shout out, Chris Adoricio. Uh, I was the one swinging the bat. <laughs> you okay. got him. You clocked he's, him. He's got the same scar. Yeah. 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 It's got to happen. <laughs> so funny. I was like, yeah. I was like, this story sounds really familiar. I'm like, right. Jewish summer camp. It's, yeah. a, it's yeah. a thing. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, what are three thoughts you have at this very moment? This very moment. Um, I'm sweating. Nice. Um, I should probably smoke weed soon. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, Happy to meet you guys yeah. or hang out with you guys or get really get to chill. It's been nice. Yeah. Man, this has been awesome. It's, been really, this is, it's, been really it's just been nice laughing that. with you, man. Yeah, yeah like likewise, this, guys. Yeah. And lastly, lastly, what are you looking forward to? A lot of things. I'm going on tour this summer, which should be fun. I'm opening for Sasha, actually, which should be Amazing. sick. Um, so I'm excited to see like what that's like as like an artist as on artist, stage and yeah. as a player. Yeah. I'm excited to I'm excited for my next project because I feel like there's so much like so many things I shouldn't do and so many things I should do. And like, I'm excited to figure out what that is. Yeah. And I'm excited to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah. that. It's been Hol- a day. It's Hol- been a day. True. It's, been a, it's been a life. <laughs> um, but Dan, no, it's just, it's so good to see you and actually like s- sit down in a way we'll, we will remember after. Sure. <laughs> we'll be documented so I can't forget. Exactly. exactly. Always be there. I'll be, the I'll, be like, I'll be like, you know, yeah, I'll be like, hey, remember that time we talked and then send a link, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um but uh but no, it's it's just it's really good to see you and like and and I'm just so impressed with everything that you've done and your your project and there's a lot of love and respect for you, but also just this has been like 
just so much fun and like one of the most fun we've had on an episode in a minute. Oh, like, same. I had a great time. It's amazing. So just yeah, we would love to to hang again in the future. Hang, sure. write, drink, smoke, the whole. Let's do it. Whole nine yards. But thank you for coming. Thank you for uh, this. This is the uh, the record for the latest podcast officially i think yeah i think it is um, yeah that was way past my bedtime yeah, it's, right a good, yeah. it's a good 10 p.m so yeah i gotta go uh, grocery shopping yeah. <laughs> you gotta go grocery shopping so Vaughn's closes in an hour an hour and ten so i gotta, I gotta get oh, going yeah i gotta get going all <laughs> right so with that, without further ado yeah okay, we'll get going but thank you so much thanks for having me guys it was really nice we'll talk to you soon We would like to thank Isotope for their support of Talking Lion. Thank you for listening and see you next time.